0: Okay, uh, Father God, I love you. I thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for uh, just loving us. Lord, you're good to us and uh, you're better than uh, we even would deserve, Lord. We don't even know what to ask most times and you provide and uh, you really are just uh, the ultimate uh, Father for us, Lord. And I do pray that we would be uh, diligent to be um, just uh, sons of God, worthy to be called sons of God and we would just live a life that's, uh, you know, uh, holy and acceptable and uh, reasonable in your sight so i do pray as we jump back into romans 12 lord that you would just uh, continue to convict our hearts out of this uh just list of uh just attributes and traits that we really need to have uh towards uh our brothers in christ lord and that you would just uh Get the honor and glory for that. I do pray for the Easter service next week, even now, that you would bring uh, our lost neighbors, you'd bring our lost people uh, from town, and that they would, uh, for whatever reason, accept the invite, and they would come in and they would hear uh, your word and meet you face to face. And Lord, that we would uh, maybe just have a small part uh, in that. So I do pray that we would be diligent this week to uh, to pray, uh, to ask people uh, to come. Lord, and that we would just let the, the Word of God do the rest. So, Lord, I do pray you just speak to us today. Pray for Cassidy uh, as she's uh, deploying today and that you would just uh, uh, be with her over the next year, that you would just uh, keep her steadfast in the Word. And, uh, Lord, we do uh, continue to pray for Lauren. As, uh, I pray, thank you for the surgery going well. And I pray you just uh, continue to... Get her back to 100% and uh, back just uh, doing what she does. And uh, Lord, do just uh, thank you for everything else that's going on. I pray you just bless your word in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, so for the last several weeks, we've been in Romans chapter 12. And I really thought that this would be a really good day to finish that up. I don't think it's going to happen, so I'll just tell you up front. Um, there's still quite a bit to get through. Um, I wanted to finish it up because obviously there's no pass point next weekend because it's Easter and they're, you know, they think that having an Easter egg hunt is more important than Bible hour or something. I don't know. So anyway, no, I'm just kidding. So uh, it'll be a good time. I do, you know, come for that. Even if you don't have little kids, come because there's tons of little kids and, you know, be there for it. It'll be a good time. I think next Sunday morning will be a, a fun time for the church. Yeah, there's, there's funny, there's like a me and I throw a of candy. I mean that'll work too. What do I sign up? <laughs> totally kidding. <laughs> I was kidding. anyway. so anyway, we've been going through and um, so there's no pass point next Sunday morning. So I wanted to try to finish Romans 12. I just don't know if we're going to get there. So if you have your Bibles, open up to Romans chapter 12. Uh, so we've been going through Romans for quite a while now. You guys know all that. And so for the last several weeks, I've been telling you that um, once you get you know Romans uh, one through 11, it's kind of like everything that uh, God can do for you. Right, and that's one way that can be said. There's other ways, but you know, basically, he meets you where you're at. Doesn't matter uh, how messed up you are, whatever you're into. God will meet you where you're at and get you where you need to go. Right, and so that's what basically the book of Romans is about. It's about you meeting Christ and what He does for you. The righteousness of God revealed. If you remember, that's kind of the theme of the book of Romans. So then you get to Romans chapters 12 to 16, and it's more like what you can do for god right and so now it is like what can i do uh in ministry to him and so i've been talking about how you know there's these different uh relationships so i wrote them on the board and if you want to write them down this is not me i don't do this but this is some of my uh, hbi stuff and i'm like maybe instead of me trying to explain it over and over again i can just write it and if you want to take a picture of it you can and if you don't care that's fine too because it's not that big a deal so anyway it's just up there so it's kind of like everything once you once you get saved uh we don't call it work anymore. What do we call it? Ministry. Right? We call it ministry because, you know, nobody is like, i got to go to the church and go to work. Right? That doesn't sound right. No. You go to the church and you minister. Right? You are ministering to people. I'll try to get out of the way, but then I won't be... So, I, I won't erase it. You can take a picture at the end if you want to. or wouldn't. I'm trying trying to dodge the cameras. And I'm like, this is really awkward. <laughs> <laughs> it, not going to do it. Anna. So, like, no. So I'm not going to do it. I mean, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally kidding. Uh, right. Uh, anyway, we call it ministry because you are you are ministering to people, right? Uh, you are. Uh, it's all about the needs of other people. It's all about no longer. What you want and desire. It's about what can I do for somebody else. It's like when Brady hears that somebody's moving, all of a sudden he's like, Well, I got 72 other things to do, but how can I show up to help? Right? Because he's got a heart for ministry, right? And so that's what it is. So anyway, I, these are kind of like our ministry relationships broken down, right? And so obviously, Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2, it's your ministry to God. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies living sacrifice. If you're going to have a ministry to anybody, it better be to God first and it's basically to give everything to Him. Okay? And so, I'm going to fast forward through this because we've been, you know, this, we're only to this second part, right? And so, this list of attributes, traits, whatever you want to call it that we've been going through is kind of like your ministry to the people inside the body of Christ. We will get to people... Your, your lost friends, your lost family, all those other things, and later on, right? You even have a ministry to the government or to the state, or you know, what do we do when you know, the law says this and our conscience says this? And so, all that is in here. So I wrote it on my once. I'm not going to write it every week. So if you want to reference it, that's kind of what we're doing. But these are our ministry relationships. So that's kind of instead of trying to explain it again, this is where we're at. So Romans chapter 12. You know, we started. We we talked about uh, well. This will be your spiritual gifts to the brethren. And then here's other Christians. This is where we're at 9 to 21. This is what we've been going through. So, if you've got your Bibles, uh, open up to Romans chapter 12, um, chapters 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Right? Be not conformed to the world. He, he, so basically, give God everything. And then he's, you're like, how do I do that? Well, I'm going to give you supernatural gifts. Right? We call them spiritual gifts. And here's what I would encourage you not to do. Because this is what people do. We get to this passage on spiritual gifts and then we we go and we take the spiritual gift test, right? Well, where do I fit in? Well, I have a better idea. Instead of trying to take a spiritual gift test, get in the ministry and start ministering and then just figure out where you fit in. Figure out what God has given you the ability to do. Too many people are like, well, what about this? And then they try to force themselves like square hole into a, you know, square block into a circle hole. Like, no, I really want to have the gift of teaching. Well, you're really bad at it, so don't do that. Well, I really want to have the gift of mercy. Well, I'm sorry, but you just don't play the part of mercy. So anyway, stop trying to force yourself into, I really want to be this, and figure out where God has gifted you. right? And it's not about taking a test. It's about getting in the body of Christ and figuring it out. So anyway, I just wanted to throw that in there as a disclaimer, because sometimes people do that, and it just never turns out well. So anyway, go back and listen if you want to hear the stuff on spiritual gifts. So then, give God everything. How do I do that? Okay, I'm going to give you this list, or I'm going to give you the supernatural ability to do something you couldn't do before. It's not like running real fast. You either have the ability or you don't. And you don't, like, train yourself to be able to run faster, right? You, you just don't. It doesn't work like that. You're only as fast as you are. It's like getting taller. Um, I, I can't get any taller, Brady. It doesn't it just doesn't work that way, right? I am only as tall as God made me, right? I can put heels on and, and everything else, right? Well, their boots. We don't call them heels as men, but I mean, it's the same thing, right? I can put heels on and, and try to be taller, but it, it is what it is. I can't, like, grow. But God can give you the ability to do something that you couldn't before, right? Now, you might, like, train to be able to run farther, but you really can't run faster, right? And so the point is, God gives you the ability to do these things. You can definitely, like, work out and run faster. Yeah. <laughs> nobody, nobody wants to work out, though, Sam, so I, stop... I Okay, maybe you can run a little faster, but I mean, you, you're never going to be like I'm going to like train to be an Olympic sprinter, like that just doesn't work for me, right? Because you're old. I am old. You're correct. Again, that's why I shaved the beard because there was way too much knowledge hairs, right? And so it was like, okay, I'm done. So anyway, that has nothing to do with anything. The point is, God gives you the ability to do things you couldn't do before, right? I. go back and listen to that I don't want to get into that starting in verse 9 let's just pick up there then after he gives you the ability he's like okay so now that you have the ability to do these things here is what you need to act on right let love be without so we've already went through this stuff I'm going to read kind of quickly let love be without dissimulation Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love in honor, preferring one another, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of the saints, given to hospitality. That's as far as we've gotten in the last couple of weeks, but I'm going to continue to read down through the list because these are all traits that we should have towards the brothers, other Christians in the body. Okay? Verse 15. Rejoice not... I'm sorry. Verse fourteen. Verse fourteen. Bless. I don't like this verse, right? I'm just kidding. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Rejoice uh, with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend. Uh, yeah, but condescend to men of low estate. Uh, be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to uh, no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible. Now that verse means. Sometimes that's not possible. We'll get there sometime. If it be possible, as much as life in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay. Saith the Lord, therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in doing so, thou shalt we, uh, heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome evil, but overcome evil with good. Whew. There's a lot there, right? So if you can just figure that out, man, you've got, you've got something going on. The problem is, most of us don't have like two of those figured out, myself included. That's the whole point, right? I've given you, God says, here's what I want you to do for me now. Like 11 chapters of what I can do for you. Here's what you can do for me now. Give your entire life to me. And here, I'll give you some abilities to do that. And then now that you have the ability, let's start by doing it inside the body of Christ. Because if you're not going to do it inside the body of Christ, you're definitely not going to do it out in the world, right? If you're not loving your brother inside the body of Christ, I can already tell you how you act to the people at work, right? And I'm not even there. I just know, right? So the point is, you got to start here. That's the reason the list starts here. So pick it up in verse fourteen, right? So we know this. before I get going, I said something last week. I knew as I was saying it, it didn't sound right, and my wife called me out on it because that's what a good wife does. Um, and I was—I I, want to make sure—and maybe you all caught it. I was—I uh, was referencing uh, Nehemiah. Nehemiah, right? I referenced Nehemiah, right, and the. Uh, uh, he is the king's cupbearer, right? And they, that's what he did. And as I was going through it, I was just like rolling this stuff off my head. I had the verse reference, but I was trying to like give you backstory. And I was like, "Remember, he was uh, he was the key. Er, he was the uh, Nebuchadnezzar's cupbearer." And I was just rolling along. And then I was like, as I was saying it, I'm like, "That doesn't sound right." But I was like trying to get the backstory and everything. So Daniel was Nehemiah's cupbearer. No, er, n- no. no, sorry. no. sorry, Nebuchadnezzar's. <laughs> Daniel was Nebuchadnezzar's. <laughs> The reason that this is not right, and I want to make sure you get this, is because Nebuchadnezzar is a type of the Antichrist. Right? He doesn't just decide one day that, "Hey, yeah, I'll finance your building project." It was King Sennacherib, right? No, that's not right either. Is that right? I don't know. I know he's got Anyway, me, but I don't know so I just wanted to clarify because some of you, like some of you, are like, "I don't even know what you're saying. This is like Spanish to me." and That's fine, but some of you Bible scholars were like, "That's not quite right." So I just want to make sure that I didn't. I I think I did, and maybe I didn't, but I, because I remember as I said it, I'm like, that doesn't sound quite right, but I didn't want to like stop and turn back, and I was just kind of rolling off of my. So I just want to make sure you do. Yeah, Yeah. I just want to make sure you understand that Nehemiah was a cupbearer, but he didn't go, because remember he had like a sad countenance, and he went, and the king was like, so what's going on, right? And, you know, he was. Yeah, and and he was like, well, well, here's what happened, right? You know, my, my. my homeland's and waste, and here I am serving you, and I want to do something about it. If it would have been Nebuchadnezzar, he would have been like, I don't care, right? He's a type of the Antichrist, you know. But it wasn't him, and he was, instead, it was our exercise, and he was like, well, what can I do to help you, man? And, you know, not only does he say, yeah, you can go, but he, like, finances the project in the end. I just want to make sure, like, you don't think I'm spitting, uh, you know, false doctrine so anyway i just wanted to clarify in case anybody heard that because that was totally wrong and i thought it was wrong and i was going to go back and check and before even then my wife was like did you say and i'm like yeah i did and i knew it was wrong and so that's what it said hey just so you know that's what a good wife does she doesn't call you out in front of everybody but she does she's just like are you sure and she didn't even say hey you were wrong she was she said are you sure right so i'm just saying there's something to be learned there so anyway nothing to do with anything. Unless you caught it, and I want to make sure that you understand that. Okay, anyway, verse 14. I feel better about myself because, like, that's been looming over. I almost sent a text out. Like, it's been looming over my head. I'm like, I don't want people to be like, this guy is totally just. Like, Anyway, so, okay, conscience is clear. Verse 14. Bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not. Remember, the context so far has been uh, events. Like inside the body of Christ, not outside. So Paul's telling you how to get along with fellow people inside the body of Christ. Just make sure you kind of trans, er, track in here. You wouldn't think that anybody inside the body of Christ would want to persecute you, right? Well, the problem is most of them are just like you. They're not any closer to keeping this list than you are. So sometimes it happens. That's why it's in here. You want to you want to speak well. But what, what this is trying to say is you want to speak well of those who push your buttons, right? You know that one person that's just like it doesn't matter who I'm around. It's like man, they just like they just push all the wrong buttons, right? Those are the people that you should speak the the, the most high about, right? Just because it, it it's good for you to do so, right? That goes against the the natural thinking though. You don't hear that at work, right? On the job site, you hear what goes around comes around, right? You hear, you know. You, you say it, you, you get what you got coming, right? Eye for an eye. You know, the only time you'll ever hear uh, a lost person who's never been in church quote the Bible is when it's eye for an eye, right? <laughs> if you understood what that meant, you wouldn't say that, brother, right? I don't know how many times I've heard that in the lost world. It's like, come on, man. Blessing and cursing has to do with the mouth, right? A little bit later, we'll deal with the actions, but for now, you want to praise those That press you. You want to praise those that push all of the wrong buttons. You want to pray for those who persecute you. You want to put your arm around them and you say, you know what? I just love you, right? And you do it without gritting your teeth as you do it, right? You got to mean it. That's just what you do. Verse fifteen. Rejoice with them that do rejoice. No, I hugged you because I love you. Meredith comes in. Meredith comes in and she's like, "I love you. Get out of my table," right? totally kidding rejoice with them verse 15 that do rejoice and weep with them that weep now what does that mean and so that seems pretty simple but let me try to clarify what he's trying to say here you want to make your emotions not match but you want to try to track with what's going on in your brother's life meaning you got somebody like so maybe your life isn't just all rainbows and you know unicorns right whatever and and things just aren't really all that great, but something happens really great in you know a brother's life. Don't be like, yeah, that's cool. My life sucks, right? Or man, whatever. Must, must be nice. Rejoice, yeah. That's 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 what we say, right? Must be nice. Rejoice with them. That's what. Rejoice with them. You might that's kinda of hard to do. You're right. That's why it's in this list, because it's kinda of hard to do, right? You rejoice with them. And it also says to weep with them, meaning you might have things going pretty well in your life. And then somebody comes in and they're like, man, this this happened, and you know, somebody just passed, or I've got this am grieved at what's going on in my house, or whatever. You you weep with them as well. It's not just about trying to be like emotionally like up and down, but you do want to be able to minister to people and you do that by it's really hard for somebody to be like, and things are great in my life. Somebody comes in for marriage counseling, right? And there's like, man, things are messed up. My wife's out doing whatever. My husband's out doing whatever. And you're like, oh, I mean, I'm sorry. It's pretty good over here, right? It's hard to minister to people like that, right? So you want to uh, rejoice with them that rejoice. You know, um, rejoicing, here's kind of what this means: rejoicing will keep you from jealousy. Right? Rejoicing will keep you from jealousy. Because what happens is, must be nice. What you're really saying is, I wish I had that. Right? You're jealous. Right? Rejoicing with them will keep you from jealousy. That's not an easy thing to do. Right? Girls, you see some some quote-unquote friend coming in, flashing the new ring because she's getting ready to get married, and it's like, it's hard to be rejoiceful. Right? Because it's like, man, is that ever going to happen to me? Right? It. Well, I mean, sometimes I mean, you don't know. Do you rejoice when somebody when they pass you up in ministry? Mm, That one hits hard sometimes, right? Do you rejoice when somebody passes you up in ministry? Do you rejoice when somebody else gets picked to go on the next next trip and you're left behind? Just throwing it out there. Mitchell's putting a team together to go to Oaxaca this fall, right? There's lots of I think there's several spots on the trip, but yeah. So anyway, just throwing that out there. Do you rejoice when somebody else gets to go and you're left behind? If you do, it's going to keep you from getting jealous, right? You're rejoicing with them that are rejoicing. Rejoicing is a great pesticide. It kills jealousy. That's a good way to put it, right? It really it, it does. It, it kills jealousy. And weeping is a it's a good balm. It will keep you from being cold-hearted, right? And here's what I mean by that. So it it's easier to track with the you want to rejoice with people. It's hard to be like, I can't make myself emotional, right? So I as go back to the spiritual gifts part. I don't have, and it's not that I don't desire to have, I just, I at this point in my life, I do not have the spiritual gift of mercy, right? I'm like, rub some dirt on it, man, right? Especially when it comes to, like, my kids or something. You know, I use the example Brady shot a nail through his hand. I'm like, you want me to pull it out? We got stuff to do. Come on, right? And, but... Mercy, uh, people with the gift of mercy, they understand the second part of this to weep with them that are weeping. Right? Uh, it, here's what happens. Sometimes, even pastors, they struggle with this. They get so they, they used to, like, uh, okay, I got to go see these people in the hospital, and I got to go do this, and I got to go do this, and it becomes like mechanical. And you go, you see people in the hospital, you say the same prayers, and it's like. You're not weeping with them that weep. And I'm not saying actually weeping, but it's actually just meeting people where they're at. right? And so there's a reason that this verse is in here. And you might be like, I totally don't track with what you're saying. You need to first learn how to rejoice with them that rejoice, not being jealous, and then you'll learn the second part of this verse. So learn the first, and then the second's going to come with it. Skipping over some of this. We'd be here for days if I said all this. So. Verse 16. Be of the same mind one toward another. That's hard to do sometimes in the body of Christ. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend or yeah, con- condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. It, how many people would my mom always said this you got to do to people like you want them to do to you, right? It's like the old you know, golden rule. Like, no. Like, view others like you want them to view you. Like, I'm not saying do to others like you want them to do to you. View others like you want them to view you. That's hard to do sometimes. Because sometimes it's like, man, that person's got ten different kinds of messed up written all over them, right? Well, guess what? You need to view them like you want them to view you. And if you learn to view them like you want them to view you, then it's going to be a lot easier to do to them as you want them to do to you. There's three basic commands in this one verse. It says, Be of the same mind, so basically ha- have the same mind in ministry, and have the same attitude and goals. This is like ministry 101. Be of the same mind, have the same mind in ministry, have the same attitude and goals. Second Corinthians 13.11 says, Finally, brethren, farewell, be perfect, uh, be of good comfort, be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of peace shall be with you. All right, so don't pay that much attention to the people that are like... I don't really know how to label them like lofty people that are like you know I've got this figured out like just don't even worry about it if they've got it figured out then let, just let them have it figured out over there right and you just keep doing what you do right so don't pay that much attention to lofty people but get carried away with the people who are super humble like as you grow in ministry, you might be like, you know what? I want to be like uh, in in this group of ministry leaders, and it's like that's the last place you want to be. You know where you need to be? You need if, if you are a ministry leader, you need to be surrounded by a bunch of people who all they want to do is minister, right? I, I want to I want to surround myself with people that all they want to do is serve. That's why I like Passpoint so much, is because like I can say, hey, we need to do this, and I know you all got more things going on in life than even I do. Right? And I know that you guys are gonna drop everything you're doing and go and serve because that's what it's about. Right? That's the kind of people I want to surround myself with. They're people that are just humble. Don't pay attention to the finer things of life. Don't determine your direction, you know, by you know, money or anything else, right? Just who's serving? That's who I want to attach myself with. Right? Just a side note it has nothing to do with my notes, but if you're not married and you're like, Man, it'd be nice to be married one of these days, like you wanna know where you start? Find somebody that's already doing ministry. Right? don't find somebody that you like and then try to get them to do ministry with you find somebody that's already doing what you plan on doing for the rest of your life it's a whole lot easier to make that whole thing match right? So, what were the, there were three things be of the same mind, same mind in ministry same something with goals have kind of the same attitude and goals verse 16 also says be not wise in your own conceits what does that mean? Well, I think you all know, don't spend too much time thinking about your strong points. That's like the easiest way for me to put that, where it doesn't hurt too much, right? Right. Don't spend too much time thinking about, yeah, I'm pretty good at that. Okay, if you are pretty good at it, just move on, right? It, spend, spend time thinking about the things you're not that good at, so you can grow in them, right? Too many... Don't be wise in your own conceits. Don't be thinking, you know what? I'm really glad that I made it through D1 and D2, and now I'm like getting all this other... Like, I'm, I'm really moving along. Okay, let's, let's start thinking about the things that you haven't learned, right? And where you can grow. Because if not, you get high-minded, right? And you're now wise in your own conceits, and it's like you're not ministering to anybody, right? You're puffing yourself up is all you're doing. It's, it's just messed up. So, right... Don't be proud of what you know. Don't get a conceited attitude, you know, be, because you've been through this, that, and the other. Don't be high-minded when you go on a mission trip and you're like, I can't believe these people don't even already know this, right, or, or whatever. Just don't, don't be that guy, right? Don't be like this nutty, you know, scholar or professor that's got his head up as academics or whatever, right? You don't, 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 <laughs> don't. don't. <laughs> I never really know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll write that one down. <laughs> that's what happens though like they do they, they got uh, <laughs> I laugh because my wife really has no idea what I'm going to say most times <laughs> that's, that's what happens like calls it BS, biblical scholarship. I, I'm telling you uh, you want you, let me boil it down everything that you know everything you've been taught, everything that you have had the ability to learn, right, and all those things, um, it's because God gave it to you. He gave you the Word and He gave you um, the structure where you were able to learn it, right? He gave you a church that actually has a heart for D1 and and investing in people one-on-one. He gave you uh, a place where you could go and you could learn D2 in a structured environment. He gave you uh, an environment where you can even go into HBI or whatever else and learn these things. So then... In turn, you're like, yeah, but I know all this now. But well, you wouldn't have any of it if it wasn't for God. So that's why you can't have the attitude of, well, I know all this. Who cares if you know all of it? I'm glad you know all of it. Now live it. Like, that's the point. Too often, the people who know all of it don't even come to church anymore because they got it all figured out. Like, I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying. I would rather you live it and never say it than say it and never live it. just telling you. Proverbs 3, seven says it best. He says, Be not wise in my own conceits. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. You know enough to be dangerous, but guess what? You don't really know that much at all. Remember your position before God and then those things will always line themselves out. Verse 17. Recompense. That's a really fancy King James word. What's that mean? Huh? Somebody said it. Like repay, Right? Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. Right? That sounds rather all-inclusive, right? It it implies to not not just men, but women as well, right? Men are like, yeah, recompense no man evil for evil, right? No, it, it works both ways, right? Recompense no brother evil for evil. That's the whole point here. There's not a man for whom it's right to repay their badness with other badness. Obviously, right? We know that. Not only don't just curse them with their mouth, but also don't act it out. And we'll see that later on. Don't get even because God didn't try to get even with you. That's the best way to remember that, right? Too often we're mad about something, we're offended about something, and we're like, you know what? I'm going to get even. You know how I'm going to do it? I'm just never going to talk to them again. Well, that you really solved that one, didn't you? Right? Like the only person you're hurting is you at this point. Like don't don't get even, and, and we'll talk about obviously not today because I'm running out of time. We're going to extensively talk about anger before we get to the end of this chapter, and um, it, it's really good. There's some really good stuff in here, but it'll be uh, in a couple weeks when we get back. But don't try to get even because God didn't try to get even with you. He wasn't like, okay, you want to be my son? Well, let me straighten you out first, and then. Then we'll be ready. No, it's not what He did. He met you where you're at. Proverbs 24, 29, Say not, I will do to him as uh, he hath done to me. I will render to the man according to his work. Back to the guy at work, right, And in, in the lost world, it says, eye for an eye, right? Like, yeah, you remember the one law out of the uh, the Bible that, that suits you. How many times did Jesus say, like, I'm going to let him smack me 70 times, 7 times. So, you know, you, you don't have that many eyes, buddy. So, just learn how to minister to people. And I know what you're thinking. Sometimes I gotta do something, right? I gotta say something. I'm just gonna let them walk all over me. What can I do? Well, Romans seventeen or twelve seventeen says, provide things honest in the sight of all men. Right? Consider in advance what others are gonna see as fair. Think in advance of what other people are going to you know, and it shouldn't be this way, I know. Why do I have to worry about what everybody's going to think, right? We talk about being blameless. And why do I have to... If I know that what I'm doing is blameless, then why am I worried about, you know, God knows? and Because the Bible says to. That's why. Because the, the Word of God says it over and over again, right? Consider in advance what others are going to see as fair. Provide people with evidence that you're honest. Well, don't you just believe me? Well, provide people evidence that they should believe you. You know? Um, it means you have to look at how the world... And even the community views what you do. Even if you have the legal right to do it, like, so, you might say, "I have every right to park right here, right? This is my street. It's in front of my house. I can park here, right?" Blah blah blah, or whatever. You know, you can go down the line of whatever it is. I have every right to do X Y Z. You're right, you do. But do you also understand that you re- are, that you represent something more than just you? You represent your family. You represent your church family. You represent the living God. Like, I understand. I have the right. Well, guess what? You wouldn't have any rights if it wasn't for God. So, I mean, just remember that. You are an ambassador in a foreign land. You are an ambassador in a foreign land. That's exactly right. So, in, in Second Corinthians, here's an example of that. So, the church is another example of that. Like, obviously, the church, uh, it, believe it or not, like, we don't have this, like special relationship with the electric company where they're like, oh, you're a church. We'll just give you your power for free, right? Or, you know, same thing with like, oh, you're a church. You need a building. We'll just build you one for free. Like, there has to have money to make all this happen, right? So what do we do? We have like tithes and I'm not teaching I'm not, I'm going down that road right now, right? Y'all can figure that out in D1. Anyway, so you give to the church and the church in turn uses that money to pay for the lights to be on, to pay to have a building, right? To pay for ministry. So we know, we know that everything we do is kosher, right? It's all on the up and up. There's nobody. We even go to extensive lengths to make sure that even the world sees that everything we do, it's above board. There ain't nothing happening here that's, that's below board. Paul talked about this in 2 Corinthians eight. He says, avoiding this verses twenty to twenty-one, that no man should blame us in this abundance, which is administered uh, by us. Verse twenty-one, providing for honest things, not only in the sight of the Lord but also in the sight of men. What he's talking about is he had collected an offering while he was out for the church in Jerusalem. And he's he's talking about like this is all in the up and up. We're nothing. We're not like taking our portion here. He's he's like everything is good in the sight of men as well as in the sight of the Lord, right? Too often you'll have a, a young person. and It's like they're 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 dating, right? Because that's what you do is you date now because you know it's not biblical, but that's what you do is you date. Okay. Anyway, so you're dating, right? And you're like, well, the Bible says you know be blameless in all things, and you're like, okay, well. I know that what I'm doing is perfectly clear. Like, God sees everything I do. Yeah, you're right, he does. He also hears everything you say and knows everything you think. So that enough should concern you with being blameless. But, just saying, like, so here's what young people will say. And I say young people, old people as well. Actually, people who have maybe been married and then divorced and then they start dating again, they're worse at this than young people are. Just saying, in case there's somebody that feels like excluded here, I don't think there is in this room, but maybe somebody's watching. They think, I'm not doing anything wrong and God knows it. Okay, well, being blameless means in the sight of men being blameless, right? All I know is I saw you two and there was nobody else around for several hours. We were just watching a movie, right? Maybe you were just watching a movie. But maybe I want to say you were doing something else. Can you prove that you weren't? Well, no, but God knows. You're right. He does, right? But I'm just saying that it's really easy to protect your reputation, your, uh, your not even, not even reputation, because some people are like, I don't care what people think of me. Your, I don't even know the word I'm looking for. Testimony. Your testimony <laughs> in the church, right? Because now, you know, let's just use Sam as an example, because I know Sam would never do this, right? Because I know Brian Hedges would like, Back of the head, right? You don't get a bruise in the back of the head, anymore. bam, right? Like, right. hey, you know, Sam is hanging out with who knows who, right? And and uh, nice young lady, and they're out doing whatever they want to do, and they go and they just hang out at the house, and right? They've been there. They're, they're watching movies. They're you know they're playing checkers, whatever they're doing. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> and and I decide they're they're completely blameless, right? In, in their own minds and they're like God knows that I did anything but you know me being me and I want to start trouble because that's what I like to do not usually but I'm like hey you know what I heard Sam and this nice young lady they were out doing something they ought not be doing right and I bring that into the church and now all of a sudden I go to James because you know James is Sam's ministry leader I'm like hey Sam ain't got no right to be up on stage playing the guitar leading us into worship when he's out doing all these things he ought not be doing you know and, and Sam's like well, okay well I didn't do nothing wrong. You can ask God. Well, I can't ask God. But the last time I asked God something, He didn't really give me His audible voice. He gave me His word. And all I know is to be blameless in the sight of men protects your testimony. Do you understand what I'm saying? Maybe you're not doing anything wrong. The point here is you want to be blameless in the sight of men. I get it. It shouldn't have to be that way, Jason. It should. You're right, it shouldn't have to be that way. But have you like turned on the news? Have you like looked at the world? The world's pretty messed up. Like, the least you can do is be blameless in the sight of men. Right? Not only do you represent yourself, obviously Sam didn't do any of those things, right? He likes chess. but uh, <laughs> The point is, you want to be blameless. You want to protect not only your testimony, but the testimony of the living God. Right, I get it. Like, I'm not here to say what you can and can't do. I am here to tell you that the word "blameless" is in the Bible way too many times for you to be like, "It's not that big of a deal." Anyway, you need to consider in advance what others are going to see as fair. We like to use relationships as an example. Talk business, right? Talk, uh, you know, any any other kind of relationship. Just always be thinking, consider in advance what other people are going to see as fair. Turn to silver to stop here. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. If it be possible, you know what that means. There might be a rare occasion, that it's not possible, right? There might be a rare occasion where there's nothing you could do about it. This person just really wants to argue, right? And I've done everything I can to to not. He says, "If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men." I don't, if you know anything about me, I'm not a confrontational kind of guy. I'm not like that, right? I don't like confrontation. I just don't. That's just me. Like, I'll avoid it. Like, I will just, like, you know, if, if my ship needs to go through the canal, like, I'm going around Africa because it's like, I don't want none of that. Too much traffic, too many people. Like, I'm just going to go around. Like, might be pirates. That's fine. Like, I'll deal with that when I get there. Like, I'm just saying. Like, that's just me. Like, I don't like confrontation. But if somebody wants to fight bad enough, then they'll get what they push and shove hard enough for, right? At some point you will. Like, I'm, I'm just gonna avoid the situation until you say something about my wife. Now all of a sudden it's like, okay, there's fighting words, right? Then and, and like, or my family or whatever. Like, there's, there's certain things that say, like, okay, that's, that's enough, right? That's the whole point. If it be possible. Like, I'm going to avoid, avoid, avoid until I can't avoid anymore. The more you seek peace, the harder they, they want to fight were up to me, there wouldn't be any fights, but sometimes it's not up to you because there's two wheels involved. So just make sure that on your end, peace could have broken out at any moment. Never let it be said that it was because of you that there was no peace. You know, sometimes peace is, is not possible. It's just the way it is. This is one of those commandments where your obedience is sometimes determined by the circumstances. Now, I understand that like goes contrary to what I say a lot of times, but sometimes you don't control the circumstances. Right? Sometimes you can't control what's going on in the world, right? Because some things, sometimes the things necessary to obey this command are out of your control, right? It takes two to fight. It takes two to have peace as well, though. So maybe the other person doesn't want to, you know, rein it in, right? They just want to just like keep letting it go and letting it go and letting it go. And you're like, you know what? Fine. If that's the road we're going to go, that's the road we're going to go, Here's the point I wanted to get to before we end. You can only be responsible for one person. And who's that? It ain't your wife, I promise, guys, right? You can only be responsible for one person, and it's you. You're not held hostage by somebody else's disobedience. Now, somebody needed to hear that, and you need to think about that this week. You are only responsible for you, and you're not held hostage by somebody else's disobedience. Right? You can't control anyone else. Right? You can't control anyone else. In marriage, we're like, man, I wish my wife knew that. I wish my husband knew that, right? You can't, you're not held hostage by somebody else's disobedience. Your wife, your husband, your uh, friend, your ministry partner, your whatever is doing something that you know ain't right. You're not held hostage by their disobedience. At some point, you can be like, I'm not doing this anymore. Right? and I'm not saying wives leave your husbands I'm not saying husbands leave your wives I'm saying at some point it's okay to say hey do you know what you just said do you understand that that's not biblical do you understand the things that you're desiring are not godly Right? you're not held hostage by their disobedience somebody needs to hear that I don't know let's stop there uh, we'll get back into this list I will finish Romans 12 the next time we get together but it won't be next week because next week's, next week's Easter Uh, So yeah, there's some good stuff uh, as we finish this up. So anyway, uh, with that, anybody got any questions? We'll pray. We'll get out of here. Let's pray. Father, I love you. thank you for today. I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for really just loving us, uh, giving us purpose in life, calling us out of a wicked and dark world uh, for the opportunity to minister uh, to you, uh, to the world, to the people around us. Uh, Lord, I do pray that you would just send us out as uh, lights in a dark world this week as we would just invite people to uh, come to church next week and uh, Lord, uh, that they would just think, okay, I'll finally, I'll go, it's Easter, whatever. And Lord, I pray that they would just meet you uh, while they're here. And so Lord, I do pray you would just really use us this week. Pray for the church as we've got a lot of things coming up. Lord, we got the vision conference coming up. And there's a lot of planning. There's a lot of details. And I pray you get the honor and the glory for those things. I uh, continue to pray for uh, Lord this week. Just continue to heal her up. I pray for uh, Ann Boyette as she's uh, learning life uh, without uh, Jim. Lord, I pray that uh, the service goes well for him in a couple weeks. And uh, Lord, I do just uh, pray you get the glory from our lives. Everything that we do, whether we eat or drink or whatsoever we do, we just uh, give you the glory for everything that we have. And I just uh, pray this all in Christ's name. Amen.